Warning, this episode contains explicit content. Please proceed with caution. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Whiskey Sex Talk. I am your host, Romeo. And I am your co-host, Maria. Hello, hello. Hello, everybody. And back in our studio today is our kink and wellness expert, Dana. Dana, welcome back, Dana. Dana. Thank you. Thank you. I'm excited to be back. Good to have you. So what has everybody been up to? Because I've been on vacation. (laughs) I saw your pictures. I was like, oh my gosh, this looked beautiful. Yeah, I went, my mom came to visit Israel. And uh, so we did the whole thing, did tours with her here. And then I was like, we got to go to Rome. I'm like, it's here. Tickets are so cheap. So we just kind of went there for a week and it was great. Rome is very, very cheap compared to Israel because Israel is very, very expensive. And Rome is I one know. of and Rome is one of those destinations, at least in my opinion, that is actually an affordable place to go. The food is so dirt cheap, but it's just amazing, amazing, amazing place. Uh, I actually have been there and I I loved it. I actually compared to other parts of, you know, Italy, like Rome and like just in general over there it is a lot cheaper. It is, it is, it is. So I actually want to share something with you guys that I just recently came across. It's a news article. So are you guys ready? It says here, Roman sex toy discovered after experts re-examined 2,000-year-old wooden phallus found near Hadrian's Wall. So apparently an archaeologist who analyzed the phallus said that it's nice to think that the Romans stationed near Hadrian's Wall were having fun and it's not all dangerous, like dangerous barbarians or boredom while on patrol. So they did an analysis of this 2,000-year-old wooden object, which initially they actually believed it was a darning tool. And I guess it was reassessed. And it turns out that it's a 6.5-inch dildo, wooden dildo. That's fantastic. <laughs> and here's the thing. Um, so one of the doctors that was actually analyzing this, he pretty much said, when you look at this phallic symbol, he says that what kind of phallic symbol is actually worn at the base of it versus at the top? And he came to the conclusion, I believe that's what it said. Let me see here. find it here but he said pretty much that it was he believes it's a it's a um it's a dildo (laughs) and what's interesting too is that the roman culture by the way you know the phallic symbol penises and all that stuff were actually used as like like to warn off evil (laughs) like people had pendants and stuff like that in their houses to kind of like wear off evil i just thought it was interesting that the oldest dildo in the world which is 2,000 years old, was found and near Hadrian's Wall in uh, one of the towns, I believe, in Rome, I believe. 
Well, that makes sense. Like, I feel like that's just the first one we've discovered. I, I honestly believe there's got to be sex toys dating back to basically the dawn of time. Whenever humans got curious about something, I just feel like it's been around since since the beginning, really. Well, this is the first of its kind. So I, I'm just kind of I thought that was interesting, considering that today's topic is to- toys, tools and accessories in BDSM. So yeah. we're going to pivot and Dana, you're going to walk us through to with toys, tools and accessories. And I'm handing the, I'm passing the baton to you to tell us a little bit more about that. Yes. Well, well, I want to start with toys. So toys are basically objects that facilitate sexual pleasure. And so that would include your dildos, your vibrators, things like that. And I want to make a differentiation from tools because tools would be you know, objects that are used within impact play, but they also include restraints and the furniture that you can use. And then accessories are really the objects that bring your play to life. And I think that they get under, like, don't people really need to bring in accessories into their play? Because I feel like they need, sometimes our imagination needs some help when we want to play out something. So costumes, props, wigs, whatever you want to do, to bring it to life. I think it's a playful way that we can incorporate that and use our imagination and play. Now, uh, what are the common toys people use within BDSM? Are there common things? Are there favorites? Do men have something? I think, you know, the dildos and vibrators, I think are always going to be number one. And because you can use them for a quickie, you can also use them for a marathon if you want. And it really just comes down to, You know, there's wands that are wired into the wall and ones that are rechargeable. So it really comes down to where are you going to be? If you're looking, if you're going on vacation, then I would definitely suggest bringing something that's rechargeable. You don't want to be kind of connected to the wall if you're, if you don't know where you're going to be. Right. But I feel like um, within BDSM and kink, it's tools that get a lot of light. Mm -hmm. So it's the restraints that we use. It's paddles. um, Our own body could be used as a tool as well. But it's the furniture. So furniture can range anywhere from bondage boards to shower grips to, you know, the inflatable pillows and things like this. And there's designed furniture like love couches and you can even get custom cages if you want. So those type of things that can be universal, like that can be used in your wherever you want to put them in your room. I would say that that is more within the BDSM context. Now, the furniture is that's part of tools. Is that, is that correct? The furniture is part of tools? I would, I would, tools, I would say that it could be used as a tool because it takes a lot, it's there to help you as well. Um, it can take stress and like weight off of you depending on what you're using. And because you're using it with an exact purpose. Like I know with toys, it's to facilitate the sexual pleasure. But if you're using a bondage board, it's more what you're going to have sex on. Like the bondage board itself cannot facilitate a sexual feeling from it. Like it's not going to vibrate on you unless you, you know, if we get technology where you can make a bondage board that vibrates, you know, I would love to see that on the market. <laughs> that That's probably in the works right now. So let me, so if I, let's say if I'm starting off or someone that just wants to kind of have a beginner's kit or so, for better lack of word here, what are some good toys and tools to have? I know you mentioned a couple of few and I'm pretty sure I'll, I have a top from the top of my head. I probably could probably just think of a few tools that I've seen, right. That I know about, 
BDSA, but what are the essentials here? For tools, I would say that paddles and floggers are your beginner basic ones that you enter with. Um, you can use restraints as well. So the ones that go under your bed for a full, that connect your arms and your ankles at the bottom and the top. You can also get individual ankle bracelets if you want and things like that, but you can start venturing into ball gags and, and masks if you want to. But for toys, as much, I would say a lot of people should focus on the toys that are with your fingertips because I think our hands can touch so much. And the thing is, we can talk about vibrations and just the main areas of your body, but your back, like they're your back, your inside of your thighs, all over your body wants different types of pressure. And so I think that they're a fun, easy way because you still have mobility with them as well. Mm-hmm. If they're on your fingertips. Now, how expensive are, the, are, are these toys and tools? Because I could imagine that can get pretty pricey. And I'm only assuming you don't want to buy something on the cheaper end because I mean, you know, cheaper, I just feel like you spend more buying cheap stuff. Yeah. Um, when it comes to toys here, I see that a lot of the things that are in all of the adult stores, you can find them online through like retail sites, like AliExpress. It's the same item that you can buy for 10, $15 through that website. But here, at least in Toronto, I'll see the exact same thing. And they'll be priced at $250, right. $300. It's there. The price change on that is actually quite crazy. So I would suggest doing your own research, Search. but you're totally right on the cheaper end. You definitely risk with batteries malfunctioning, the actual machine itself not doing well. And then you don't have anyone to kind of bring this attention to. Yeah. And that's the thing too, is that I, I've noticed, you know, I did read, I was looking doing research like just for just for informative purpose for information purposes but i did notice that you know let's let's be honest like sex sex shops like the stuff can be expensive and and they're dangerous i i were actually i did work in a sex store for a couple of weeks and i learned firsthand how dangerous sex toys can actually be like there was one he had a a pocket pussy and twice he said it exploded on him and I was like, can we file a complaint Play against this against company? This, He's like, no, yeah. no, no, no. This happens all the time. I don't care. I don't want ever. <laughs> and he was so nonchalant about it. And I was like, I just no, burnt my dick on a, po- on a pocket pussy. That's all. No problem. Yeah, no big deal. No big deal. But I was shocked because, yeah, a lot of it, and it does come back to the cheaper ends of those websites. It's just marketing and the package of what it looks like. Now, like, okay, so you have to do your research in doing that um, because I found, like, what I want to say is I found stuff that I've seen at sex stores that I've seen on AliExpress cheaper, but the problem is, is, like, I don't know the quality because even sometimes, like, let's say, for example, you buy good quality stuff, like, there ends up, like, Mountain there's stuff that just malfunctions or it doesn't work. And then you end up spending so much money and then you might, let's say you're outside of the warranty of the return for whatever it is that you buy, are there specific and brand- a lot of the mm-hmm. sorry to your point? The, a lot of them you can't return. That's the thing. Even if there is a warranty. Okay, that's good to know. Uh, now let me ask you: Like, are there specific brands like that people within the BDSM stick with? Like, let's say I don't know. Like, is there like the Mercedes brand or like the Gucci of 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 like uh to- like let's say I, specifically toys and tools? What? I don't have a brand off the top of my head to tell you the truth. I think that there's actually just such an overwhelming abundance in the market right now. We have an up and coming rise of sustainable toys. 
We have more gender inclusive toy brands that are coming out. We have ethical pornography websites now coming out with their own sex toys and sex lines. And it really is to combat this brick and mortar store of buying something cheap from China or wherever they're drop shipping it from and then reselling it at, you know, $200 more than what it is. So it's constantly changing, but I would say that I would sit, I would say that when it comes to tools and furniture, that custom made seems to be a big um, popularity. People do like to make their own furniture based on their own height and their own weight and whatever the space is in their own room. Mm. So custom cages is a big deal that I've seen, like under the bed, custom cages and sex rooms and, and things like that. But they were just they know somebody that they're going to purchase that from. Um. Now, Waka's, you know, um, I've seen that. I, I was watching that. What's that documentary on on uh, on Netflix? Oh, the sex room. Yeah. Uh, how to build a sex room. How to build a called. sex room. And I noticed that, you know, she goes to people's houses and she literally builds the sex room from beginning to end. And what I noticed, though, is that the toys that she picks for how, whatever the desired, you know, how they want their room um, I noticed that she does buy like high end toys, like very fancy high end toys that I'm like, wow. And she mentions that she's like, oh, you know, this is not a cheap thing. This is something very special. It's custom made by so and so. But what I did notice is the furniture. Some of it is, is, is bought, but I, I think there is a component that she does custom build these because I'm assuming you have to. I mean, it makes sense that at least for the furniture itself, because you have to take into mind the space that you're going to be using for your intimate, you know, play and all that stuff. Um, and absolutely. I totally agree. Now, uh, can I'm assuming is, uh, is it expensive? Like, let's say someone's starting off. Can you just buy something or is furniture being sold just like whatever, or do you have to, have to again? Customize? Yeah. So there's a range for furniture. It can go from, uh, again, if you want to go shop on AliExpress, you can get inflatable pillows that range that are wedged. So it helps your back. It helps you when you're doing doggy. It helps you on different types of positions to get the weight off your knees and off your back. Those are fairly cheap if you are just starting out, if you just want to test it out. Um, I would definitely suggest that if you are going to buy something custom made, make sure you know exactly where it's going because they are pretty difficult to move these things are heavy and it's not like a toy or a tool where you can just take it and move it to another room so easily. But with tools, that's something else. Like you do need to know the type of space that you're using in before you can even pick up a tool. Cause for instance, impact play, like you need to have the space to move your arm back and forth. So if you make a room that's too cluttered with such big and bulky furniture, and then you have your toys all laid out and there's not a lot of room, you're going to limit what you can and cannot use when it comes to tools. Now, I, I'm not sure. Did you walk us through uh, ex, uh, accessories? Yes. Yeah, so that, again, is like it comes back to your imagination sometimes needs help. It's there to remind us that if saving a damsel in distress is your type of kink, that a white bed sheet can indeed turn you into a superhero. And it's going back to the roots of playfulness that okay. adults really need to bring back in. So accessories to me is something that even if you're like, oh, you know what? Role-playing isn't really my thing. That sounds like acting. You really should give it a go. Like it's something not to completely shut out because you'd be surprised at how much fun that you can be remembered when you start using additional things. So when you dress up into another costume, 
again, like sex allows you to show the other types of versions of yourself, like these other personalities you have. And those other personalities might not dress like how you dress in your day to day. So that's where the accessories really come in. So it's just about building out that character and getting a more fulfilling scene whenever possible. That's okay. So, and you know, that's what I like uh, about, um, you know, learning all about this, about BDSM. Like, it's not this, like, there is this negative thing to it, but really, like, if you approach it in a healthy way, like, you can have so much fun with your partner, especially, like, let's say, like, things are getting boring, or let's say you just want to try something different. You can explore and discover different things. And I think, and here's what I think what I like about what you just said is that, you know, the imagination is so important. And I like that your philosophy for your program is, is, is all about, you, you talk about imagination, but a, even like a feather can be some, mm-hmm. uh, such a powerful tool when you're, you know, you're playing that. And that's something that can cost, that can be an expensive furniture. I don't know much about furniture, but I would, if I, I'm picky, I would just say that I think like for furniture, I would definitely want custom made or at least have something that's a standard feature or a standard piece of furniture that you need in the bedroom. What's that one? The cross? Is that what it's called? The, 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 is yeah, that- there's a, yeah, there's the cross, but I was going to say the most cheapest furniture you have is the furniture that you already have. <laughs> it's one of those things. Like you have to look at your furniture in a different angle. So for instance, a couch, like get on your knees and try leaning on it on that way. So it's, as much as it's simple to say that, like, oh, yeah, I'll try that. Sometimes it's very overlooked because you're just bought like you have your day to day things. You're not really kind of concerned. You see your couch every day. It's something that falls into the background, but it's something that can be utilized in a different way. Especially now, like, you know, I feel like nowadays, like we're getting so creative with things like whether, you know, I see all these D uh, was it do yourself home projects or how people do their bedroom and just different things and i i think that we do have to think out of the box when it comes to picking like let's say furniture like you just said like look at your furniture look what you have at home and try to look at it from a different angle because that piece of furniture can totally probably be something that you can be like you know what let's move it in this room or use this for that um now let's say what are the let's say we're starting off i just i want to bring this back like if someone's starting off like are there like essential things in general? Uh, and uh, I don't know, because furniture, I feel like it's it's one of those things like, I don't know, you have to have a room, I feel like. Like, let's say. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I would say that's the thing when I talk to people, it's just uh, not a lot of people have that extra room that they say on TV. Like most people don't have the extra space to dedicate to it. So again, like the, I think the, I think the pillows are the my favorite ones that I like to get people started off with because they can get put up and put down. They're easy to put away. They don't take up much space. Mm-hmm. So I think that's really what it is. If you're just getting into it, look at things that don't take up much space because as you're learning, you'll realize that some furniture maybe not put you in the position that you like or feel the most comfortable in. And it's quite a large investment to make in if you're not right. quite sure if that's what you actually want well, in right. your space. I, I, here's what I think. I think like one of the most uh, useful uh, furniture, I think it could be considered furniture, is a sex swing that you can have in your bedroom because A, oh, yeah. it, you just you just bolt it to the, the ceiling and it can come off, you know, and you're saving so much space there. 
And um, I feel like that's one of one of those essential uh, toys that I th- not toys, but f- is that even furniture? What is that considered? Yeah, that would be furniture. Absolutely. Uh, uh, essential so- furniture that, that you can have. Interesting enough, I actually have a friend. Uh, he does. He's into yoga and he started dating this other yoga guy. And um, they I don't know what that's called, but there's that yoga swing. Uh, I don't know if you guys are know what I'm talking about. There's like this. Uh, I aerial uh it's like an aerial something i it's like something that you can stretch in right right it's like kind of it's a cloth and you yeah yeah so they're using get into that positions. they're using that as part of their play like they they're, 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 they've gotten creative because um i was having the conversation and he was just like dude like he's like sex swings are so expensive they are they're extremely expensive overpriced and the problem is you can't buy a cheap one. You really need to buy a sturdy leather one, and you know, st- really a reliable one. Because especially, if it's gonna be it's, it's 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 dependent on weight. You know, not weight, but like you don't want to buy something cheap and you're on it and then it snaps and then you fall. And oh um, yeah, but he, th- I love that they got so creative. And I was like, holy crap! I never would have thought that that yoga. And I've seen it, the aerial yoga, whatever it is. I don't know what that's called. I gotta figure it out, but. They got creative with it, and and that's the thing. It goes back to what you were saying. You got to look at things and see how it how it fits in. Um, and well, the sex swing is like super easy. What you said, I, I think I've seen things on, you know, Instagram, TikTok, where they put the fire extinguisher, like the fire alarm, on uh-huh. like a uh, of it to cover the actual hook of it. Nice. And that's the thing. Like you can hang a plant from there. You can hang anything from there if you didn't want to random bolt hanging from your ceiling <laughs> hey you could even use a hammock like i've seen people have hammocks mm-hmm. like you can use hammocks if you if you're on a budget but i think uh the beauty about it is just, you gotta just get creative and be think really playful because like when we were kids we used our imagination for everything like what is this this is a sword and it's not even a sword it's like a piece of stick but you get what ah, i'm saying you didn't have it you made it right <laughs> you made it and um now is it now are there certain toys tools or accessories that are just dangerous if you're not well advanced in 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 the bdsm a uh, rope i would say that people get too quick to go to rope um they people don't understand they'll see you know Sarab- sorry shabarbi and like kimbaku and they'll immediately say oh that doesn't look hard that's just a bunch of knots like who cares right but the thing is there are steps to that and a lot of people they'll be like oh I have scissors, but it's like, do you have scissors that are strong enough? And this goes for restraints as well. Do you have scissors that are going to cut that immediately? And most people, they don't know where their scissors are in their house. Like, are you reliable that they actually are in that kitchen drawer that you say that they're in? So I do think that ropes is something um, that people can, can go into too quickly, too quickly about that. Now let's say let let's say the uh, let's say if someone doesn't want to buy the toys, doesn't want to buy the, the tools or the accessories, are there places that you can go? Because I've been doing research, and I want to see what you have to say. Are there are there places like let's say I don't know the McDonald's of the blue, the McDonald's playroom of BD, of BDSM. Rent a BDSM room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tons here in um we have lots of play areas here at least in Toronto. All major cities do. I do believe that most places have them. They just don't advertise them in the way that you would see, you know, an arcade or something like that obviously. So they do. Um there's like Tantra Island is a big, big one that's in Thailand. Uh, they have lots of kind of sex 
I guess sex resorts for people to go to. And um, also there's one in Jamaica as well. Sorry, I can't think of the term off my head. It's going to come here. But yeah, there's resorts all over the world. And there's places in major cities. And if you don't want to go, you can like Oasis is here, one in Toronto that I actually love. And it's got a pool. It has a sauna. It's three levels. There's education rooms. There's sex rooms. There's BDSM rooms with the Julian crosses and and everything that you could possibly imagine already there. And the great thing about those places is that the people that work there, they really want to educate you. If you have a question, they're ready. They want you to go to educate yourself on this. They want to help. That's the thing. They, they want to kind of spread this awareness of that sex shouldn't be so uh, restricted. And it's something that can just be for fun, casual, to release stress. It's so many things to so many different types of people. It it is. And that's, what's so amazing about it. Like, you know, the more I do research on, at least for BDSM, it's like there, there, like I said, there's this thing, like people be like, Oh my gosh, like you might, you're probably demented or you probably been abused or something. But Anyways, that's not the point. The, the thing is, it's, it's a healthy outlet for whoever wants to explore themselves or their partners. But, you know, the, what I, the reason I was asking about the rooms or, I mean, these, these places is because here I was thinking, I was like, wait a minute, what happens if I don't know anything and I just want to try, let's say? I was like, I'd rather go to a place that can faci- provide the faci- is a facility where I can go and be like, hey, you know what? I went that one day and I really like that. I think I'm going to buy that, you know, because then you can at least try it and and see if oh, you yeah. like it. Because then sometimes, because, you know, it's like like we're kids. Let's be honest. Like you'll buy a toy and then you're like, mm, I didn't really, that wasn't my thing. And you spend all this money and I'm thinking like, hey, like you got to be smart about it. The best way is go to these places because they have them here in Israel. Actually, interesting enough, a couple of the accounts started following me. And I started looking at them and like these, they're beautiful, like establishments. I mean, like pretty clean, very clean. The rooms are beautiful. It's done with taste. And I was paying attention at the toys that they had. Each room had different themes, different stuff. And I was like, this is actually cool because if someone's starting off and they don't want to bring the toys, they don't want to have anything at home. They're just, they just want to start exploring. This is a perfect outlet for them. And I think it is the smartest way if you want to try before you buy, because I, at least here where I am, you can't return sex toys right. or like you can get exchanged if they're broken and things like that. But furniture, again, like you bring it home. If you don't know how to use it, it can discourage you. And right. then instead of saying, oh, I just don't want to try this anymore. It's more like, oh, I'm overwhelmed and I don't want to deal with this anymore. And really it's because some furniture can look pretty scary, at least when you're setting it up as well, because it's. <laughs> As it's frustrating as setting up IKEA furniture sometimes. So, <laughs> yeah, well, IKEA furniture is IKEA furniture, but no, I could only imagine. It is intimidating because at least the, like I've seen the Julian cross, um, and that looks intimidating. Uh, you know, just like setting it up or just overall just looking at it. I mean, for me, I mean that's just me. I don't know for people that are out there, but um, I think this is all good. Now, are there any like last tips you want to tell us about in regards to things we need to consider? Uh, for toys, tools, and accessories? Yeah, I definitely think that you should have one of something in every category. I definitely think that you should have toys in your chest of things. But I also think that tools is a big one. Paddles are very fun and they're beginner friendly and they're something that can introduce you into it. Um, The sex swing, for sure, that's a great piece of furniture. But the furniture you already have, yeah, again, just make sure that you look at it. 
it doesn't need to be overwhelming. You can use your imagination, which brings us to accessories. And that is what I think people definitely, definitely should be more open to using. Exercising your imagination in any form you can is really for your self-development as well. Like we need to exercise that muscle in a fun, playful way. And sex can be that. And it brings you back to childhood playing roles. Like I can make believe anything I want right now. And now you now you're an adult, so you can do it definitely a different way. You know, it's I think I'm I'm all for this. It's all sex positivity is an amazing outlet, especially you know we live in such a busy world where we're stressed out, and we really have to give ourselves the time to really mm-hmm. really like sexercise really because I mean. You know, you know, it's kind of like that saying like, oh, that person needs to get laid. Right. Like you see, you know, those people where they're just like, you know, they're not getting laid because they're so busy, but they're so bitter because they're not releasing mm-hmm. that energy. And I think all of us need to figure out or find or just be imaginative, like you, you've mentioned before, and just really be curious about it. Approach it in a positive way that will encourage us to just kind of like move forward with our, you know, our sexual exploration or whatever it is that we're trying to accomplish. Now, one last question. Um, are there specific websites that you recommend for our listeners in case they want to um, explore a little bit more or just want to, you know, peek around? For for um, sex toys, Love Honey is a pretty popular one yes, that I feel yeah. like a lot of people go to here. And I do feel like even I, I speak with people in the UK, they actually love it as well. So, but I actually would suggest looking into sustainable ones that are in your actual uh, area because every major city, it seems, has an up and coming sustainable sex toy that's going out and really research the materials that's going into it because a lot of these toys have plastics that are, they have, um, they have chemicals in them that are just not good for you. So that's the other thing about buying toys from these drop shippers or these very cheap, cheap material. They, they have, um toxics in them so please go to a sustainable one if you can now let, before i go you said something interesting that i totally forgot but for these toys that you said some of them are toxic are some of the what about women is there certain things that women should stay away from like these certain toys that are made from certain chemicals that you um rec- yeah sorry it's the type of plastic and the 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 material that they're using it's not just in toys it's also in kegels i want to stress that as well it's the same material that a lot of the West will use for Kegels and women should also look at that just as much as toys. You can get glass Kegels. If you want, you can get different types of stones in relation to that. I know it's a little off topic of toys, but it is something that women really do need to know what type of chemicals are in the toy. Like in men, no, 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 this, no, this is valid. I'm glad you brought that up because I'm thinking like, you know, latex people are allergic to some people are allergic to latex and, uh, but women, you know, you're, there's things, you know, there's toys that go inside, you know, the vaginal canal. Is that correct? What I'm saying? And um, uh, you could be allergic to it. And I'm just thinking like, because you were talking about sustainability and all these toxic chemicals that some of these toys have. And I'm all for going to like the better, you know, the sustainable thing that doesn't harm us, um, especially women. Yeah, it's mostly for um, us as well, because it the, some of those chemicals like really mess with your hormones. And there's so many things in our environmental right now that are messing with it, like the foods that we eat and everything else. And it's surprising how much it seeped into other things. Like speaking of yoga, like make sure you check your yoga mat as well, because right. it's just the type of chemicals in a lot of things. Now, one last, another la- another question. Now, are there certain <laughs> toys or tools or accessories that have been banned or that women should stay away from? 
Ah, that's a good question. Well, or are men, you, for that matter. Men, well, I mean, yeah, yeah, men. And more people Actually, in um, you, you mentioned any anal toys that don't have a handle at the end of it that spreads out. Like, I know those very diamond-shaped looking anal plugs are very popular and they're very cute. And, you know, they people think they're so adorable, but those actually can land you in the hospital. Really? Because they can go in. Yeah, that's the problem. So anal toys need to have something on the end of it kind of like a handle that's spread out far enough so it doesn't go in you by accident and Uh-oh. people don't take that into account and so yeah there's a lot of these um these cute anal plugs that I've are going that. around online they're actually not good for you <laughs> they could get lost inside you go too far up and it really does those. cause problems i've seen you know i've seen toys i want to say i've seen toys out there that i'm like that looks that looks more like aesthetic Versus like a toy you can use. And here's one interesting thing. And I didn't know this until a while, while back. Um, You know, like those big dildos, not big gigantic ones, but the ones, I guess I didn't know this, but there's certain dildos that are just decorative dildos that are not meant to be played. And we really all, I thought, oh, hey, that's, that's, I guess that's a dildo for whoever likes it. But some of these dildos are actually just, decorative ones that are really not meant to be used and people use them without being aware and the sad part is i don't think like the company or or the industries are letting us know like hey that's a that's not a toy for real playing that's just like a decorative toy do you have and i think sorry go ahead no no i was and i think that that's one of the things that we need to be aware because some of these toys like you said like these diamond uh uh uh, plugs uh, anal plugs um, I, 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 you said that they, uh, they're not, they're not meant to, it seems like they're not meant to be used. It seems probably more like a decorative thing that you give as a joke or as a gift. I don't know, but we need yeah, to be aware of and that. It's a lot of, sorry. They, I feel like I keep seeing them on only fan photos and things like that. That's kind of where it is. It is aesthetics. It makes for a great photo, but there's no actual sex going on in that photo. So that's to your point i do believe that we do need to kind of draw a line between aesthetics and what is used for and a lot of that could kind of come back to the lack of education that we receive on sex education and toys but the porn industry uses a lot of things just for aesthetics and a lot of people will watch that and they don't see that it's just Mm. for aesthetics so Mm. i do feel like a stem of this issue is coming from that and this you know what we put on social media to get more likes and things like that and it, it, it's simple accidents, though. Nobody means to hurt themselves through this. It's just no one understands how simple an accident can really happen from this. Right. And the last right. thing is, you so want the to- bottom line seems to be use your imagination, be creative, but don't be mindless. Do your research <laughs> and stay safe. <laughs> yes. Don't yes. don't forget about that aspect, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Don't be mindless. Be mindful. Don't be well, be mindful when it comes to these things as well. Yeah, of course. No, I mean, like, listen. Like, I mean, the younger people. Listen. The sad truth is, and the reason I'm talking about this is because I'm glad. It's so funny you mentioned Donna that like the porn industry is using all these decorative toys. But here's the thing is, like, we should not be getting our education from porn. Like, we can yeah. get ideas like, hey, well, that's, you know, but not getting our education because it is so terrible that the majority of us, if not the world, like, guys, I can say, like, young people, they're getting their education from from porn. And it's the worst place to get your education because it really doesn't teach you anything. It just teaches you, like, the opposite. <clears throat> yes. 
And it's one of those things that even the positions that they're doing are not safe sometimes. Like, uh, especially in BDSM, you see those videos, you put some yeah, foot on a foot on someone's head while they're on the ground and things like that. Yeah, in theory, if you're doing it correctly, but you get really energetic, overexcited, people see that and they're like, oh my God, I want to do that. And then they very next time they're having sex, they throw their foot down on someone's head and it's like, whoa, whoa. Like it is like that. And especially like, you know, BDSM is tied to sex because there's there's a there's a genre, BDSM genre in sex. And I and I hope people who are exploring BDSM are not getting their education from from BDSM porn because I'm assuming like you just mentioned, like they're not <laughs> this is all just this is entertainment. It's 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 a form of entertainment and you can't take it like, whoa, you could do that, you know, like that's totally cool. I'm gonna try that. Uh, I think the problem is when it comes to BDSM and people that are curious about it and going into porn to look at it, it's because there's no other alternative right now. They don't really know where to turn to. So when you don't know what to do and you are seeking answers, like you will turn to the internet and kind of try to do your best. And even when people trying to do their best, it's like you said, it's just not there. You cannot learn from a screen that's just saying things aesthetically. So really they're putting out a false narrative of how this actually goes down and people just I don't know. Yeah. People just don't make the connection that it's just a form of entertainment. They'll do anything to keep the viewers. Not necessarily the actors don't, they're not, it's not sex for them. It's work. Well, listen, I'm glad there's people like you because it's people. Oh, I'm sorry, Mary. Do you want to say something? No, no. I was just going to say that, you know, there's a big difference between actual, you know, actors who do this professionally and what goes on on set and whether that can actually be directly taken into your bedroom and and tried and done in the same exact way you know it's 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 some not much the same as probably acting on camera you know what you see is not exactly what you get so right it's, <laughs> it's like action films right like you see like tom, you see like tom cruise or like daniel craig fighting people yeah. don't fight like that it's not like that's all like come on <laughs> you see a superhero jumping off a 150 story building you know if you do that in real life the chances are you will not survive, you will not survive. <laughs> And even with these like actors and things like that, they are being trained by actual professionals that are saying like, okay, you got to move like this and you got to do this. Like, it's not like they just jumped on set and began that. So people like to think that we're superheroes, like we'll jump in and do it right away. And it's like, no, 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 sorry. You have to learn. (laughs) Yeah, their their bodies are trained and and ready for it. And they're flexible and, you know, they know they're, they probably know their body anybody else better than anybody else because they do this for a living this is their job so and that's and that goes with with porn stars people think oh you know what well you know i saw her do it maybe my girl can do it or my guy can do that and it's like hello like these are professionals (laughs) and it's made to look that way but really it's not but listen it's it's this is why it's so important to know this because it's people like donna that really make it possible to educate people correctly about how to go about it because you know, you, you hear about these st- stories of people, you know, you, you just hear these stories, right? Stuff happening to people because they did this because of the, they watched it or they heard it or they thought it was this way. But Donna, if people wanted to want to reach out to you and just have more questions about toys, tools and, and accessories, how can they get a hold of you? Yeah, you can find me at my website at www.thepartition.life or you can find me on Instagram at thepartition underscore life. And all my recent updates will be there. And I hope to come check it out. All right, Donna, thank you so much. And ladies and gentlemen, that is it for today. I'm your host, Romeo. I'm your co-host, Maria. Thanks, guys, for listening. And we're out.
Take care. Till next time.